Live from the heart of Los Angeles, this is the online edition of the Life Changes Show. Look at the bright lights. Look at the bright With tonight's guest, partner and co-founder of Liminal Collective, Andy Walsh. Look at the night sky. Look at the night sky. And performance guest, Galit. I am Mark Lejeur, and now our host, the MC, the master of change, Filippo Voltaggio. Today is Monday, September 18th, 2023. I, I, we rarely share the date because our, our show is so evergreen. Uh, but I'll tell you why uh, this this, uh, this uh, date is, is kind of interesting. So I called a friend and he didn't answer. And I heard the familiar iPhone system answer saying, uh, inviting me to leave a message. So I started to leave a message. And uh, if anybody knows me, sometimes I'll leave lengthy messages to help move the conversation forward. So I was in the middle of my lengthy message. And all of a sudden I heard my friend's voice say, Filippo. And I said, hello? <laughs> because that's not possible because I was leaving a message already. And I, and I asked my friend, is it you? Like, is this, is this system speaking to me in my friend? I like with AI anymore, I don't know what's going on, I, right? So my first, my mind went, I know my friend doesn't have one of those old answering machines. He's too up on technology. And then my mind went with, wait, is it, it, it technology advanced so much that we now have this happening? And this is AI of my friend. And so I proceeded to ask my friend, what just happened? And he said, oh, well, the new uh, iPhone upgrade, uh, which came out today, <laughs> uh, allows for uh, the, uh, your message to come through in a text and I could uh, see who it is that's calling and if I should answer now or whatever, and I can answer mid-message. And I thought, well, I want to do that, but, but, um, and now I can, but the, the thing is, is like, I thought, wait a minute, like, like an answering machine, like we used to do in the eighties, right. Or maybe even before, or maybe for a little bit longer afterwards until people started making fun of people. Like you still have an answering machine. You should get the voice service and all that. But I got to think, it's like, we, we already had that. And now we're doing that again, but now technology's in the process of taking this big leap through AI and all that stuff. And in talking to our guests today, I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, we keep getting more technological, more technological. And yet we're, we're able to do things that maybe we were able to do before without as sophisticated technology, or maybe even without technology at all. And that's, I'm going to leave it at that because I think our guest is going to have a lot to say about that. Right, Mark? I am excited for tonight because I do have a, a deep passion and feeling for the fact that we're just beginning to scratch the surface on what's possible 
in our own technology in our own bodies mm. and that's andy walsh's world and uh you know but we, you hear in the past of, of episodes like the four minute mile where the, once the consciousness changed and the collective belief system changed then what was considered possible changed and i believe there's so much more in fact you're talking about ai and that but i think there's more and more of these technologies which are simply training wheels for us to get to the real technology which is our own individual co-creative power so let's get it on this is a great show indeed well we've titled this show thanks to the words on uh that our that our guest uses how to unleash your unlimited human potential and I was expecting, in a sense, a completely different conversation than the one I think we're going to have. This is our episode 755 of the Life Changes Show, and we're featuring interview guest, a leader and expert in the field of elite human performance and founding member, partner, and chief performance officer of Liminal Collective, Andy Walsh. Welcome, Andy, to the Life Changes Show. Yeah, good evening, everyone. Thank you very much. I know you got a chuckle. <laughs> I did, I did. I had a little chuckle at the intro there. That was fun. <laughs> so really, though, uh, are, are we going forwards or are we going backwards? Or or should we be going forwards or backwards? Um, you know, it's a great it's a great conversation start. I mean, come out of the gates for that one. I, you know... I think, as we'd all agree, that technology is racing forward in, 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 in every conceivable manner. I think we're seeing, you know, you brought the AI conversation forward. Um, you see the, the platform, but quantum, you see the biosciences leapfrogging over each other. And I think in many ways, that's exciting. But I, I still think, as, as Mark alluded to, you know, the, the human system, one human is the most complex individual entity on the planet when you consider it, we're in the universe, actually. When you consider the just the the vast sheer number of interneuronal connections that the cellular makeup, et cetera, et cetera. So I think as technology leaps forward, the the human system is still relatively uh, less understood, uh, and that's being kind. I'd say we still have a lot more to learn. But the promise of the technology is we start to unpack and unravel some of these uh, sort of human based mysteries and and start to make inroads both from a a medical perspective and also an optimization perspective so we're fascinated at, at this this sort of stage of, of, of our evolution if you like you know you you kicked off uh, this uh, conversation when we were talking and actually even before you were talking you sent me to the dictionary without even knowing i've never uh, your company is liminal collective i've never heard of liminal at least i never knew i had heard of liminal and so I had to look up liminal, which rarely I have to look things up. I mean, I don't know all the words, but liminal, evidently I've used it like in subliminal. So let's start with that. That's easy. What the heck is liminal? Well, the liminal, the liminal and the liminality came from the term or the expression that was sort of carved out of the sort of the, the, the literature on, on rites of passage or hero's journey's perspective. And fundamentally explains a space in, a, in an individual's life where they are moving from who they were to who they're going to become. And mm. it's, um, it's that space between you're not quite where you were, but you're not quite who, you, who you're going to be. And it was a, a phrase sort of coined to explain that notion, sort of guided by a lot of uncertainty, a lot of trepidation from fear, some excitement, some uh, anxiousness, a sort of whole blend of that. And 
in the rite of passage, it was sort of considered to be that space between you're young and, and still a child, and then you're moving into a sort of a, a leading, uh, sort of a senior person in the in the community or the tribe in the sort of ancient tradition model. And that's a very short summary, but it's really a description of that space. So it's that idea of as you start to embark on that next adventure or next journey of who you're going to become, but you're not quite sure how that's going to unfold. How do you uh, navigate that space? How do you prepare for that space? How do you uh, sort of welcome that space for all its ups and downs and, and sort of get through it with the, the best pos possible outcome? So I was expecting that we were... Uh... And, and we can talk about how we can become better people, whether that's more sleep or more exercise or better food or vitamins and, and, and those kinds of things, how technology might help us uh, use our limbs better for those that, that can't use their limbs anymore or whatever. Um, you're, you instead took our conversation before the show much, much deeper. And so liminal is, is in a sense, right here, right now, in that we're looking at what is AI going to bring and what is the technology going to bring? What's it going to be like in the future? And you're almost saying the future is now it's already inside us that we are on the precipice potentially of something greater and you use words like our potential is limitless. Yes, yes. What, what we're sort of discussing, and, and it was a great conversation, is, and, and you did reference it, you know, our, our understanding of the basics, how to move a bit better, how to sleep a bit better, how to eat a bit better, how to have great relationships and be part of a broader community, all those things which are obviously powerful uh, drivers of what it takes to be healthy, live longer, live live well. Uh, we're learning more and more. So the promise of technology, and with regard to that, and the wearables and the and the interoceptiveness that gives us to understand our own bodies in response to those interventions is increasing. So yes, healthier, hopefully uh, happier, hopefully etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, is the promise of the tech. But I think the question that sort of is is sort of as we look a little bit further into the future is we start to discuss the sort of roadmap of technology being very well planned out and accelerating at an exponential rate and the conversation for us really centers around well what's our role in this potentially very technologically um and in some part you know ai but you think of all the technologies um agency in the future what, what's our what's humanity's role and i think when we explore that narrative very quickly we land on the idea that it's fantastic. It's an extraordinary time to be alive. And so how do we as a human complement that obviously the digital agency that's moving us forward in such a way that we bring the best of both worlds. So the best out of the machine, the best out of us. And we phrase that, you know, broadly or someone did and we copied it. I don't know the truth on that one, but the sort of human machine paradox. And it's this idea that as technology races forward and the machine gets smarter and smarter and is able to do more complex things on our behalf, where do we fit into that puzzle? What's our best opportunity to complement that? And that's where we start to think about sort of the reverse, if you like, the paradox is making humans more human, doubling down on those truly human uh, characteristics that, ex ex you know, things like courage, creativity, compassion, empathy, intuition, building out our skill sets there and having the opportunity to even accelerate or de further develop those skill sets in complement to the, the machine piece. 
And I think that's really an untapped uh, area of opportunity that I think in the past, we're probably a little bit further down the road in many ways with respect to our connection to the world and connection to nature and reimagining and rediscovering all that to allow us to live you know, harmoniously with ourselves and also the planet and also the machine is sort of the conversation that we're exploring. So it's, it's a unique time and it's moving way past the idea of human machine teaming, which is how do you optimize for that situation? It's how do you thrive and flourish in that situation, which is a unique, uh, uniquely uh, sort of challenging part of the sort of human performance landscape right now. It's, as, as, as we said earlier, it's, it's, we've never before been in this position. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's untapped ground to explore. You rattled off some things that you said, and you started off by saying, uh, how can we be more human or something like that? And, and uh, you rattled off things off the top of your tongue that, 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 I haven't heard growing up. I haven't learned in school. You you said, uh, say say them again. What were those things that make us more human? Well, I think you you can look at the the classic virtues of some things like compassion and empathy, hope, temperance, courage, justice. Um, you know, creativity, uh, uh, I, 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 intuition. I think these are sort of the innately sort of human skills. There's probably a lot more other smarter people than I can list off that really truly give us uh, our space that right now and for the foreseeable future, the technology cannot replicate. It cannot do that. You know, the, the knowledge base of machines will be very, you know, powerful. It'll be, you know, a machine in your pocket is going to know more, have more information than uh, uh, any one human can possibly access. But it doesn't have the wisdom to know how and when to apply that information. It doesn't have the uh, intuition to know when in the, it, 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 as part of a community, it's appropriate to uh, use some of the information, not use some of the information. All these sorts of things remain sort of part, truly a sort of human uh, element. And then people can argue that eventually it may go, but I'm not subscribing to that belief, at least not yet. So I think it's powerful to think about that opportunity because we are relatively uh, focused on other aspects in our education system. So what happens if we, we start to double down on those things? Uh, you know, everyone, you know, the common lexicon in the corporate world is emotional intelligence is, is very uh, a much sought after characteristics. And that sort of encompasses a lot of this. So to your point, why aren't we doubling down and training this? Why aren't we focusing on this? Why aren't we researching it to the level of, uh, inquiry that potentially allows us to accelerate and even take it to a whole nother level. Extreme empathy, extreme compassion. These are fascinating conversations right now we're having because I think, again, the complexity of the human state has been is, is uh, overwhelming in many cases and it's very difficult to understand. So it's much easier to go down and measure heart rates and, and, and look at the food you're eating than to think about some of these deeper uh spiritual uh uh sort of uh elements of, of of our being and i like when we think of uh elements of our being when it comes to food and and exercise and heart rate and all these things that that we've mentioned and you've mentioned uh it's not so in our from from school what grade did you get in math? How did you do in science, right? That's the question. What did you do today in sports or whatever? But it's not 
how many children did you help uh, or were you kind to your classmates today those aren't the questions and at when coming coming home from work the question is were you kind or were you compassionate were you creative it, it, it and the boss isn't asking those questions no 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 and it's interesting when you put that lens on it and it's not to say that's the only solution of, of course it's always a a a a, a, compar- a, a sharing of these ideals but as you think about what it would take and uh to develop that side of your humanity and and index on that as deeply as you index on the technical knowledge and the same there's this great examples around the world spiritual masters people have devoted their lives to some of these sort of interoceptive behaviors and 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 and, and you know putting themselves out there for a cause larger than themselves and i think there's a lot to be said for a framework that allows you to bring both to the table. I think fundamentally we've over-indexed on one. So now if the machine is going to know all those technical things, it's going to have all that information. It's going to be able to do a lot of the mechanical aspects of our, our lifestyles and take those over. What uh, Then does that give us time? This is the opportunity potentially. That's how I like to think about it. Is that if it, you know, suddenly we are given more room and more space, can we start to now index more heavily on those things uh, as an opportunity? At least that's part of our drive as our community is trying to figure out how do we bring that to bear as much as we bring the technical expertise and the physical expertise and all the things that require pretty uh, high level performance. So Andy Walsh, your community is quite unique actually, because you've been at this kind of conversation for decades and you've seen things come and go and and you've also seen what people have tried to make money on and and have made money on or failed and a lot of what we've been talking about now compassion and whatnot they they haven't been money makers per se for large companies or for small companies starting out so it'll be interesting when we come back when to have you share with us what you've seen and what where you feel uh, we can go individually. You had some ideas for us, uh, whether whether they cost or not, and uh, and and we'll see how they could serve us. I, I am fascinated by this conversation and and how we're having it uh andy walsh again is uh an expert leader and expert in the field of elite human performance find out more about him at liminalcollective.co liminal is l-i-m-i-n-a-l liminalcollective.co we'll be talking more with andy when we come back a little later on we're going to have our ask dorothy segment and then our performance guest galit is is with us here live on the Life Changes Show online edition right after this. Want to connect with amazing people who are committed to making a difference? From the Heart Tribe is a platform, community, and movement with the purpose of bringing like-minded humans together to help animals and the environment in order to gain a stronger connection and understanding of the world around us. They're dedicated to effectuating positive change by empowering individuals to organize meaningful and engaging experiences that build compassion for animals and the natural environment. Their founders' and members' passion is to inspire others to actively get involved in their homes, their communities, and the world to raise awareness about the issues we face and most of all to be part of the solution. 
Through their efforts, they have also accomplished some amazing and tangible achievements. Their pickup for Paradise beach cleanups have collected over 50,000 pieces of foreign debris. And also, thanks to animal rescue and recovery volunteers, over 30% of the volunteers have become vegan or reduced their meat intake. Daily habits make a big difference. Please join any of their upcoming events by going to FTHT.org and signing up for their newsletter. You can also follow on Instagram and Facebook at From the Heart Tribe. Have you felt inspired to meditate but you just can't? Do you suffer from anxiety but fidget toys just make you more fidgety? Want to replace negative self-talk in your head that keeps bringing you down? Introducing the latest self-help solution, Phi Beads. Transformational beaded jewelry inspired by ancient wisdom, science, math, and psychology. All five beads are designed to incorporate the powerful Fibonacci sequence, nature's mathematical formula that has shaped our existence from the beginning of time. The Fibonacci sequence, also known as the golden mean or the golden ratio, is recognized by our conscious and unconscious mind and resonates as order out of chaos like we see in plants, flowers, seashells, ocean waves, the pyramids, and in our own body. Not only beautiful, they feel good to wear. Phi Beads can help anchor tranquility, positivity, focus, and structure in your life by doing the Phi Meditation. Phi Meditation helps you harness the power of I Am for intention, affirmation, and manifestation. Affirm the life you want. Get your set of Phi Beads at phibeads.com. That's Phi, P-H-I, beads.com. You are listening to A Conversation That Matters on The Life Changes Show. Broadcasting live from the heart of Los Angeles every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Share the journey with us at lifechangesshow.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Life Changes Show. We're back. How to Unleash Your Unlimited Human Potential, episode 755 of the Life Changes Show with our guest, Andy Walsh who is a founding member, partner, and chief performance officer of Liminal Collective. And Andy, I, I mentioned at the top of the show, this is September 18th, 2023, and a fascinating time to be having this particular conversation for many reasons, including the fact that there is some scary stuff happening in the world and a lot of confusion, fear, depression, right? Yes, yes. Um, you know, I think, you know, we've got to always look at it both sides. And I think on many metrics, you know, health globally, you know, growth, et cetera, is, is better than it's ever been, you know, thanks to many of the advancements, technologies, medicines, et cetera. But on the flip side, you can also look at the last few years and the, the, the World Economic Forum coined the term the poly crisis, which is the idea that globally, one, there's a lot of things happening. You know, you add up political instability, social reform, you know, climate, COVID, et cetera, et cetera, wars. You have um, this sort of interaction effect that these things are sort of combining to create a, a greater sense of uncertainty on the planet. And you could argue that it's just because we're more aware than ever, but there's this global uh, measure of that uncertainty that's sort of at its highest levels ever recorded. So, you know, glass half empty it's there's a lot of things that are causing in the background what i call sort of ambient stresses and you may not be aware of them you know not be actively focused on them but the fact that they are sort of populating our sort of airwaves our media etc on a regular basis we're starting to see uh 
there's one one marker as simple as mental health rise in anxiety and depression globally at levels that have never been uh, seen before and so you start to say well how are humans dealing with all these challenges and 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 part of that opportunity i think is that you know we we have the ability uh, as we understand a lot about how to get the best out of people to uh, look at that and think about how do we come up with uh, interventions or, or solutions that can actually help people, you know, get back on track. Well, thank. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Well, no, no, I was going to say, thankfully, thankfully, we have social media, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, humans, are, as I said, complicated entities. We're complicated. We're hard. And, uh, you know, social media is another technology that has a lot of positive and practical uses. But, you know, it was also a hell of an experiment to throw that thing out there and unleash it without any major guidelines or constraints on it. And I think there's lots of research pushing through now to say abuse of it and, and the inappropriate use and the in the youth especially, the access to it and all the other things. So it, it does, it can have a negative effect. And so, again, as you look at the advances in technology of sort of exponentially layering in on top of that, there's a lot of uncertainty in the world about AI right now, as you mentioned mm. right at the outset of the show. People are, I, you know, I don't subscribe to that it's going to come in and we're going to all f suffer the fate of Skynet. But the reality is it's unknown. It's complex. And for most people, including myself, we've even done a bit of digging. It's hard to comprehend just where it's heading. So I think we're you know, in many ways, humans love throwing experiments at, at the race and we're going to toss this one into the mix and, you know, fingers crossed. So I think it's a great time uh, to be thinking about, well, you know, if we as humans really respond well to things as simple as community, a little bit of nature, having a good friend we can share a yarn with. Um, and those things seem to be less accessible. Say if you're spending your time in the technical side of the shop, you're doing less of that. How do we help people recognize that these simple things could really help them out and, and get back? And to your point, potentially there's a there's an opportunity to free ourselves up to do more of that as, as we move forward here. Andy, you were sharing about having spent some time, uh, was it with a shaman, I believe? Uh, it was uh, the, the, the thing I spoke to you about was uh, we were running a project with some indigenous uh, elders in the, actually the uh, outback of Australia. Sounds very cliche, but the, the, the northwestern part of Australia, which is very remote, very much uh, 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 as it was 100, 200,000 years ago. So, yeah, mm. that's the conversation we were, we were having. Mm. Well, I, some of these people I understand, and, and I actually, come to think of it, I met a few myself and actually experienced some things, uh, do things that, that do not seem part of, this world and and in in a sense maybe that's what we're talking about is our humanity has that capability and more potentially yeah i think a, a very pragmatic uh sort of trigger for me was watching this individual walking us through and it's it's remote up there and we're in the middle of nowhere and uh, and it's harsh it's a harsh environment in many respects especially from someone like yourself ourselves and this this uh, elder, she was just uh, sort of thriving on this conversation about the opportunities in this landscape. Look over there. This, this, this is where we'll find water and this is how we find, the, you know, classic, you know, uh, information that an elder of a, of a tribe like that would possess. Mm. And 
as you saw her connection to the natural world and you watched her navigate with her uh, experience of wisdom that had been passed down and just her intuition of the land, you recognize that a whole lifetime could be spent just focusing on that. And it would be obviously an extraordinary thing to understand. And there's so much more she had developed and her ancestors had developed and there's so much they had actually focused on to be attuned to the environment to that level that it sort of left me thinking, wow, we've focused on these other things and not right or wrong, but the capacity within us to reconnect at that level of understanding uh, with the natural world as one example uh, shows the, the sort of opportunity in front of us to rediscover uh, a lot of those sort of lost skills and arts and you know, and and, they, and these are th these are just, I think, very pragmatic examples. I think when you talk to the, the many of the spiritual leaders which we have over the years, they speak of layers and layers of this, which, but I'm just not eloquent enough to explain that uh, probably for this audience. But that 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 I think starts to touch on that side of the equation, and that's where, again, I feel like if you think of the you know the number one thing to yeah, you know, to, to sort of contribute to a long and happy life, sort of the Harvard study. It's it, it you know it's it's very clear that it's the uh, it's relationships. It's who who who's your best friend and 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 how do you nurture that community or relationship? And that's a, that's an ancient uh, 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 aspect of our of our being that I don't think just to throw you know, the old technology under the bus. The digital world provides, and I think we miss a lot when we make. Uh, uh, that interdigital connection versus the one-on-one -on -one human connection. And I think that, that these are all the sorts of hypotheses that are just floating around right now and we're seeing and we're listening and hearing. And I don't have an answer, unfortunately, but I'm I'm paying attention because I feel like, again, I think it's a real opportunity to, to step back and go, wow, let's let the tech run with the, the knowledge base and the ability to remember everything and have everything at your fingertips from a, from a, the sort of a perspective of your, your, your the computer at your on your in your phone and at the same time what can we be doing for ourselves to allow us to live a a, a happier sort of more fulfilling flourishing life I, I i the way you're talking i i get the feeling that we're we're not going to where we're looking for a wearable bracelet or a ring here or something that that will help us find the friend. I, I mean, sure, it could have GPS on it, but, but, <laughs> and social media, but we're looking for something a lot deeper than, than the skin, like our heart, maybe. Well, I think, you know, we see a lot of work being done now in the brain and understanding what's happening in, you know, inside the sort of consciousness, if you like, or I'm trying to understand consciousness, if you like. Um, what I think where sort of what, what people are looking for is to try and really figure it out, how, how the whole thing comes together. And I think when you talk about a wearable for the for the part, I think potentially we could start to think about technologies that reawaken some of these sort of less used senses. It's, I say lost, but sort of, sort of unused senses. So think about a technology that would allow you to sort of see pretty quickly, you know, maybe in a meeting, just a general business meeting, and the technology would be able to just quickly ping it, you know, you about how everybody was feeling, how everyone was doing. And, and you know, and many times, even in meetings when we're in person, we forget to ask, how are you today? What's going mm -hmm. on? We jump straight to getting the work done. 
but taking a moment to reconnect at that sort of human level. And it would be very powerful for younger people who, uh, you know, are trying to, you know, read the room and trying to understand how to, you know, bring the best out of everybody. If someone's having a rough day and, and it's not inherently obvious, you can sort of maybe a technology that allows you to sort of check in and say, well, this person's not firing on all cylinders today. They're not feeling great. And they would love you just to have a quick conversation with them rather than talking about to them about deadlines. And fundamentally, you know, what I'm describing here is what good coaches or good, good leaders and, and good partners typically do. They recognize these signals and signs and they, they ask you, you know, what's wrong? What's going on today? And I think that's part of the sort of layperson's language of how we could start to think about systems and approaches that bring more of that about, you know. So you've seen stuff come and go. You gave a funny example that, uh, that for a while it looks like this is the way to do this and that's what we need to do and we do it and then we find out, no, it's not that. It's this we need to do. So you've seen all this come and go and, and yet you are excited. You are hopeful. You are anticipating. You're on this liminal, uh, on the, we're on the liminal path here of, of, breaking into what you have even termed human 2.0. So what, uh, in, in, in closing, what, um, in an ideal world, what, what could that look like between two humans or humans and a family or a community? Let's do community. Community, you know, well, I think what you're referring to, for the first time ever, we're in a position to really control and direct how we evolve through either technology, sciences, or even the capacity to do so. Um, so I think the idea that how do we want to uh, bring about this next transformation in humans? And yes, I'm excited about all the research going on in all the different fields of flourishing and longevity and performance and medicine. But I still think that's a, there's a so much more to understand there that I'm, I've been, as you said, I've been around long enough to see what was really the most important thing we should be doing and proven by science, then not be proven by science, and sometimes be proven by science again. So I'm, <laughs> I'm a little cautious to say, well, let's just see what works for you. And I think that the key, key to sort of humanity 2.0 is first and foremost, figuring out who you are. What do you stand for? What, mm. what, what brings you joy and 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 then the idea that you can understand sort of your role and place in that and how you want to be remembered in that space allows you then to think beyond yourself and i think that's where humanity 2.0 kicks in it's the idea that you know as a as as as, as i've got my enough of my world together enough of my act together that i'm i i feel like i can contribute positively and then what do we really stand for and what what can um we uh, leave as a legacy or as a as a contribution, uh, and I think again back to the key things that make people happy, make them more resilient, make them get them through tough times. Is you know, good community and 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 a purpose, a meaning and a purpose, something to stand for and stand by. And it doesn't have to be you know, save the world. It can just be I'm just want to be a better parent. I want to I want to be a better friend. I, you know, and, and I think that sort of conversation is sort of stretches way back to the dawn of sort of humanity and the spiritual beginnings and those manifest into religious beliefs around the world all have that common entity, which I love, is that they, they all stand to try and help you figure out who you are and what you stand for. And again, back to where we started today, the notion that potentially 
as the technology becomes more uh, uh, powerful and starts to take over and do things that are more autom you know, supported by automation, that we potentially can think, hopefully, have more time and room to think about some of these things. Yeah. You know, that's the positive side of the conversation. <laughs> and enjoy ourselves and each other more. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's part of it, I think. That's that narrative that, you know, taking time. Once you've sort of, you know, uh, you know, out a little bit about yourself and what you think is important for yourself, how do you bring that feeling to others? How do you support them? How do you provide that space so others can live the, live up to whatever potential they may have? In whatever chosen area they want to want to want to spend their time, and I think, you know, around the world as we think about it, there's a lot that's not working out, and potentially there's room to start to build some of this back into the system. On top of everything else, like we said, on top of all the other things we we have to get done. But to me, that's where sort of the the leadership in the human factor space is is starting to lean because. Lots of brilliant people working out more, every day, more and more about what we should eat, how we should sleep, how much we should exercise, all those sorts of wonderful things that are critically important, but all the stuff that's harder to measure, that, that eventually, since the last 100, 200, can't be measured in some respects in the quantitative sense, the compassion, the empathy, the courage, the grace, the, the creativity. Those sorts of things, I think now uh, it, it gives us a chance to double down on some of this. And, and just because we can't measure it like we measure, you know, some of the other elements of human optimization, I still think these are more more critical. And some of the some of the research in the world is just starting to uh, reinforce this for us. And, and, and but you can ask people who've lived a long time; most of them say the same thing. My friends and my stories that really made a difference in my life. And so, you know, it just it depends where you look, I guess. Well, uh, I, I, I know we've looked in the right place today, thanks to you. Thank you so much, Andy, for pointing us here. There was so much we could talk about. There's so much you have to offer. I look forward to a book, a movie, or something, because uh, th this is the conversation that I can't wait to have more of. And again, uh, with you and, and I trust with, with others that are following uh, in in this in this liminal space, liminal collective, to learn more about Andy Walsh and what his uh, company uh, does, liminalcollective.co. Uh, what a pleasure, Andy, to speak with you today, and looking forward to so much more. Ah, oh, thank you all, Philippe uh, and Mark. Uh, I, I really. I, we bumbled around this topic a lot, and I think there's so much more. And thanks to our community and the people that support us, there's there's a lot of brilliant people thinking about this right now. And hopefully, we can start to bring them together more often and start to get some of this information out there as we make a little bit of sense of it for ourselves, but also get it to the rest of the world. So, again, deepest gratitude to everybody and the listeners for taking the time to uh, hang in there today. Gratitude to you. Thank you, Andy. Thank you so much, Andy Walsh. And with that, we have our Ask Dorothy segment. Dear Dorothy, this is Jennifer in Los Angeles. It has been some time since we've spoken, and I would love to have you remind me of the power of gratitude and how we can be grateful for everything in our lives. I just got laid off from my job of 15 years and don't know where or how to get another one. So please remind me as to how to find the good in my present situation and how to choose to be grateful for it. Dear Jennifer, 
Thank you so much for this important question. There are many great articles on the power of gratitude online, and I really like the way helpguide.org defines gratitude. Gratitude involves showing appreciation for the things in life that are meaningful or valuable to you. Taking a moment to notice and acknowledge the things you're grateful for each day can brighten your outlook, boost your mood, and help you feel more positive in the face of challenges. This definition resonates with me on all levels, and since I started beginning my day expressing gratitude, this choice has had a most positive effect on my life. A long time ago, I used to focus on the negatives, and I was quite the victim. Fortunately, while counseling others, I was channeling great advice, and one day my higher self asked me to pay attention to the words coming through me. As I reviewed the advice that I had given the last few clients, I discovered that I was asking them to look for the good and what they were judging as bad, and to thank God for the gifts in the situation. Once I discovered that I had been recommending others to practice gratitude and to look for the good in all situations, I began to practice it myself, and my life changed for the better. I highly recommend that you begin a gratitude journal and explore all of the good in your life. I also recommend that you thank the universe for showing you the gifts in your less than pleasant situations and that you write down the answers as they come through in your gratitude journal. As for your present situation, you might benefit from researching the phrase, when one door closes, another door opens. This has certainly proven to me time and time again been proven to me, and I know how blessed I have been with the doors closing in my past as the new ones which opened provided me with much good and have led me to see that we can indeed assist ourselves when we practice gratitude for all of the things in our life. I trust that you will see, receive many gifts once you choose gratitude as a major part of your life. Thank you, Dorothy. And if you have a question for Dorothy, please write her at AskDorothy at LifeChangesShow.com. And we'll be right back with our performance guest, Galit, here on the Life Changes Show Online Edition, right after this. The Little Dog That Could is the fantastically true story of a man and a little dog that came into his life as his mentor to help him understand the world beyond his human senses and to experience life, love, and healing beyond his human understanding. Best-selling author, Filippo Voltaggio, who currently hosts the highly regarded Life Changes show, is an internationally known singer, speaker, and life coach. Filippo offers up his own story, how one little surprise package in fur and four legs transformed his life unexpectedly forever and furthered his path of self-discovery. In The Little Dog That Could, Filippo brings to life the meaning of the adage, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Through the reading of this book, you will experience the journey of real miracles that transcend time, space, and logic while gaining practical tools that will help you navigate your way. The Little Dog That Could is available through Amazon and Barnes & Noble. For more information, visit thelittledogthatcould.com. That's thelittledogthatcould.com. 
There are self-help seminars costing thousands of dollars guaranteeing miraculous transformations. There are compelling speakers and life-changing weekend experiences where you can walk on fire. They all deliver revelations that guarantee you'll come back for the more expensive revelations filled with even greater wonder next month on Fiji. We get addicted to positive, heartfelt, expensive theater. What we really need is a jumpstart, an awakening, someone who can give us a reminder that everything we need lies within. Through inspiration and practical knowledge, Dorothy Donahue helps people get grounded and motivated, inspired and energized. It's not just words and affirmations and the power of intention. It's a mindset brought about by a tangible, transcendental experience, an audiovisual, physical, spiritual experience that helps us realize we transform ourselves. We get tools to become the conscious co-creators of lives of unlimited potential. Find out more. Go to DorothyDonahue.com. You are listening to a conversation that matters on The Life Changes Show. Broadcasting live from the heart of Los Angeles every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Share the journey with us at lifechangesshow.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Life Changes Show. We're back, and our performance guest is singer, songwriter, Hollywood producer, and co-founder of SRO Entertainment, and so much more. Welcome, Galit, to the Life Changes Show. Thank you for having me, Filippo and Mark. I'm excited to be here. Oh, it's great to have you here. And actually, uh, towards the end there, while uh, Andy was speaking, I was thinking of your quote that you shared with me, the one that says, there are two great days in a person's life, the day we are born and the, the day, day we, we discover, discover why. why. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And actually, I wrote on Facebook that you, you've had a lot of whys uh, <laughs> and you've fulfilled them, I think. I feel well it's been a journey i think that you know it's interesting how you kind of think that your why you have like a picture of what this why should be and we often think that these are the goals or whatever we need to achieve in life or maybe you know talking about like what we're going to end up doing with our life professionally so i thought my why was i thought i discovered my why when i you know, got into film and started making film. And I thought, okay, this is my path. This is what I'm going to do. And, you know, then I'd become a mother and I thought, okay, this is another why. And then I started making music and I felt, okay, this is my why. But to be honest with you, even though I feel very, very strongly about music and that is definitely 100% where my passion is, at the end of the day, it really comes down to my why eventually is finding who I am mm. and finding, I think that this is eventually the journey of all of us as human beings. And we have our story, you know, things that are happening to us, jobs that we're taking, um, people we're marrying or whatever it is. And at the end of the day, it really comes down to finding who you truly are. And that's part of it is finding your gift and, uh, and what is it that you want to, how are you going to contribute your gift with others? So I do feel that music is definitely, um, for me, it's definitely um, a huge part of it. And I think um, finding my voice and um, in every way, and not only my singing voice uh, and my vocal cords, but 
finding who I am and what I'm good at and what I can contribute with my being to the world is definitely a big part of my why. So um, I'm excited and I'm hoping that um, definitely how I would like it to be expressed is through my music. This is where my passion is and this is where I feel that um, my gift is. But to be honest, that has been a journey to find it as well. And so this is not something I was aware of. This is not something I, um, you know, so many people like we discussed earlier, right? They they kind of know, especially in the art, right? Like you hear, I met today actually someone who's like, oh yeah, I love music since I was five. When I was five, I already knew that this is what I'm gonna do. And that was not my case at all. In fact, it was completely opposite. If you would have asked me a few years back what I would do, it is very, very unlikely that, in fact, if you would tell me music is what you're going to do, I would probably laugh and say, no, like, of course not. I mean, I love music. Who doesn't? But I didn't see it as something that I would professionally do. And I definitely didn't think that I'm talented enough to do anything with it. And so I was completely, completely disconnected from my abilities. And it's been a really long journey to find it and to really own it. And to say, no, you know what? I own it now. I, I know my worth and I know what I want to do with it. And uh, But again, it's it's been a journey. I'm not going to lie. It's been, uh, I needed many, many validations before I got to this point. And and you're still on a journey. And I love how you are, you are sharing that journey with us uh, here and through your songs. Uh, you are discovering things uh, about yourself in your songs, actually. Right. right? That's true. That's true. Just, just today when we were talking about it, I was like, oh, my God, I didn't realize how many songs I wrote about, like, you know, personal growth and transformation and change and finding the courage and, you know, finding the strength to to the healing process to go through a healing process so many of my songs at the bottom of them like that that is the message and they may seem very very different but i think like now that i'm thinking about it like at least 70 80 percent of my song have this message at the core of, of the song well speaking of message i wasn't sure at first when uh, i got to enjoy your song that we're going to hear now uh, mm. rain on me and i thought what mm. is she saying <laughs> <laughs> so what are you saying okay so rain on me actually was born from um being at probably the lowest place in my life when you know i felt lost and hopeless and i felt like very much trapped in the situation i didn't know how to fix but um, it really came down to the realization and the understanding that nobody is going to pull me out of it but me. And even though I lost faith in so many things, the only faith I had at the time was that all the answers are in me. And I'm going to have to dig in and find find the answers and find a way to pull myself out of it. And so really this the song is about... And we uh, welcome challenges with the same gratefulness as we welcome our blessing. Can we find the courage to stand strong against whatever come our way? Can we accept their reality we're creating? Can we take responsibility for the fact that we are creating our reality? So it's all these things that, you know, can we find forgiveness and grace toward our own screw-ups? And so it really came to a point really what it is it's an inner monologue with my soul 
this specific song in which I am finding the strength to, so the verse is a little bit depressing because I'm feeling dead and hopeless and lost and all of that. And um, the chorus is really changing the whole vibe in which I find my strength. And I know that um, I'm not alone. <laughs> when, when I say that, it's not because um, I have this person to support me or this person to support me. It's because I have myself and I have the strength to find that um, courage within me to lift myself out of the situation and 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 step into a new path. So wow. that was like my own experience. And the song was born from that situation. And I knew that there was um, a great, I knew that the consequences, I knew what I needed to do. I knew that the change was needed. I knew that I'm inviting a huge, huge transformation in my life. I knew that it was a turning point, but I I didn't have the courage yet to take take the step that really because I knew I knew that what in, what is involved is possibly hurting people that I love very much, and that was just very very hard. But um, but I also knew that you know. That is true, but it's only true for the short term. Uh, mm. For the long term, doing what is best for me is doing what is best for everybody around me. Mm. So um, this is where I find my strength to do it. And and I did take some steps that was that were radical and completely changed my life. But I'm happy I had the courage to do that. I really am. Wow. And here it is, all in the song. We're going to get to hear it now, Rain On Me. This is Galit's pre-recorded song here on The Life Changes Show. Know that I'm here, that I see you Buried inside of your mind All that you ever needed is love Cry, it's okay if you need to surrender and let it all out. Hardest road taking is letting go. I rose from the dead and I know I've grown. And at this moment, no one can break me. I'm feeling strong. I'm ready for a life.
Galit. Galit mm-hmm. is spelled G-A-L-I-T. Find her at galitmusic.com. Actually, you could find her all over the place. Uh, we have uh, many links and a video or two on the Life Changes show page for Galit. Again, G-A-L-I-T. And her music's available where music is available and, and all over social media. So, uh, Galit, it, it's interesting in, in talking to you, uh, you, you are you are strong in in many ways and uh it's interesting how you you almost didn't give yourself credit for some of the things like i i said you were in the israeli army and you said yeah but we all had to do that you still did that for two years and then you were a mom and then you and and you you were co-founder of this company that and and here you are now embarking on yet something else something new putting yourself out there singing dancing and and uh producing your videos it's 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 remarkable actually well thank you so much i think i am at the point in my life that um i'm excited about you know finding like expressing actually and sharing my my passion and my talent and i think that it's been repressed for so many years um, and even though I have been, you know, create, making movies and it's still in the arts and um, it's been awesome and fantastic. I think that my personal journey is really expressing myself through um, my music and through my voice. And um, it's just it's been really, really interesting. We talked about it earlier, right, about like when you become a mom it it is a challenge it is really a challenge to and it, it's a true struggle to be honest with you to find a balance between your responsibilities as a life giver as as a mom and the pursuit of your own personal dreams and self-fulfillment and aspirations and um i think you know we can do it we can do it all but i think we have to be wise about it and understand that we have to prioritize things and manage our life in a way that maybe no, it cannot be done at the same time or that there's a price to pay or there are consequences for our decisions. And we talk in our conversation about Lavinia and her experience and it actually really inspired me because even though we chose differently, um, I, I was not able, so there was like the period of time that I was making films and it was super, super intense to a level that I can't even begin to describe. I mean, I would be every month, like in four or five different countries around the world, I would live in different places. So I lived in London and I, and I lived in South Africa and I lived two and a half years in Berlin and it was just crazy. And so when you have kids and you're trying to create stability and, and you know, once they go to school and all of that, it, it's hard. And I still did that when I had um, uh, at the beginning, the first years, but it become harder and harder. So I think it's an interesting, you know, like conversation, just generally speaking in the modern world and what is the place of women and mothers. But I do hope that if anything, if anything will come out of it is, you know, I told you, I shared with you actually that I wrote the song Children to Raise that is discussing exactly that. And um, I do hope 
to well, actually, before you move on, we should yes. say that it was nominated and just won Best Song in the Hollywood Independent Music Awards, like just a month or so ago. Yes, even less, like mid of um, August. Nice, congratulations! I did not win. I was nominated. Oh, yes. you were nominated. Okay, well, Brazen Heart climbed to number one in uh, several charts, including right here on iHeartRadio. Cafe Top 10 Countdown. Well, we can go on, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It, it's nice, you know, I, I used to be very, you know, shy about these achievements, but it's kind of nice to be recognized for your achievement, especially when you know that, okay, if I was younger, then I would maybe take the same actions, but operate from different places. And so maybe my motivation will be, you know, when you're young, you just want to succeed. You don't even know why. You just want to, you know. And so today it comes from a whole different, I, I look at it at a whole different way. And that is why I'm actually truly able to embrace it because I know that this is not just about my ego. And it's not about, yeah, yeah it's not just about, hey, I did this or I did that or I still feel like I have a lot to achieve, but going back to our conversation before, I think that, you know, one of the things that I hope, like if I succeeded as a mom, despite all the challenges, despite all the responsibilities, and it is nuts and crazy, um, I think one of the message that I would love to leave behind is that, you know, our womb, as women is our greatest gift mm. but you know but we are not limited to its own limitation our womb has like an expiration date let's say but our ability as women to create is there for us for the rest of our lives so even though society would like to tell us that um, you're done <laughs> you know whatever you're 30 or 40 or whatever the age is it's actually not true. And I think we're at the time that it's actually exciting because now more than ever, we are able to embrace that. I think, I think, I also think that, you know, I was thinking about it recently about who is really limiting us truly. Is it men? I don't think so. I think it's us women. We have to claim our power and we have to claim are I, I think men are very much aware to women's power. I think it's us that need to take that and say, um, this is our place in society and we are not, uh, especially in certain industry, right? Like the music and entertainment and film, especially in those, like if you're a writer, then you have a longer lifespan. But when you are a creative being, and especially in the music world where, you know, you know what they say, if you're over 18, you're done, right? This is your chance to kind of like succeed. And after that, it's like, it's too late. Um, I want to say that's not true. And I hope to say, <laughs> I want to hope to say that um, if I did it, then so can you. Well, if this next song has anything to say or show about it, it's definitely not true. I would invite uh, everyone to go see the video of this song, Blame It On Me. The official video is up on our webpage at lifechangeshow.com for Galit, G-A-L-I-T, this episode 755. So people could see it there, but we're going to get to hear it now. Here is Galit's pre-recorded song. It's going to have to speak for itself. I think you'll hear it and get it. Blame it on me on the Life Changes show. Pre-recorded. 
Starting to change, feeling so strange, leaving behind what you used to be. Churning in rage inside of your cage, I feel you evolving internally. You're tossing in your cradle, wondering if you're able to be the kind of man you want to be. Radical behavior, looking for a savior, ending all your misery. Powerful stuff, Galit. 
Hmm, thank you. Thank you so much. So Galit, G-A-L-I-T, galitmusic.com is her website, and she's all over social media as Galit, Galit Music. You, you can find links for her for Bandcamp and, and uh, Spotify, all at lifechangesshow.com for the page we created for Galit, including the official video for this song. And Galit, I'm, I'm going to... I, I, I will say this to the audience. She shared such a powerful, well-thought-out story about this song. And, uh, Galit, I wonder if there's a way that we could capture that either in a blog or something that we could share because it really speaks to so much of what we've talked about today. And it'd be really great to memorialize that as well. So let's talk more about that. But... Um, I'm happy that we've gotten to share as much as we did. Thank you so much for being here with us and and showing up in the way that you are. Human 2.0. Thank you 2. so 0. much. Yes, I'm so grateful <laughs> to you, and I'm super happy you gave me the space to share myself here. Ah, it's our pleasure. Looking forward to hearing more, Galit. With a big thank you to Galit, and another big thank you to our interview guest, Andy Walsh. That is our show. On behalf of our executive producer, Dorothy Lee Donahue, and our executive producer and co-host, Mark Lejour, I am your host, Filippo Voltaggio, reminding you that as your life changes, like ours surely did tonight, we're here for you. Ciao, everyone. You have been listening to The Life Changes Show on the BBS Radio Network. Listen live every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time and visit us online at lifechangesnetwork.com, on Facebook at The Life Changes Show, and on Twitter at Life Changes Show. Join us again next week as we consciously explore and embrace the only constant, Life Changes. The Life Changes Network is an entertainment network. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guests and participants and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Life Changes.